Well, good morning again. You guys still doing good? Yes. You guys ready to hear some words from the Lord? Good. I got a good word for you. Um, I know it's from God. And at the same time, I don't know how it's all going to come out. Um, I told you this morning that um, the, the title of this morning's message is just change. And God loves to change things up. If you didn't know that, um, I know that in my life, I can attest to it all over my life. God likes to change things up. He likes to change my sermons up. He likes to change all kinds of things up. He likes to change my weekend plans up. As you heard, um, we weren't planning on going to camp, and God changed some things up, and we went to camp. Um, And so it's all good, and I love that. I love that, that, as Jen just prayed, his ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. I praise God that he's good enough to see that, like, Ryan, that's not a very good idea. Let me change your idea, and let's do this instead. I'm like, oh, thank you, God. There's times where I don't like it. I'm like, God, but this is a really good idea. Why would you change this, right? So there's times I fight change, but I know that I know that I know if God is changing something, it's going to be good, right? It kind of ties into that phrase I say all the time. If it isn't good yet, God's not done yet, right? So God is always, he works together all things for good, right? He who started a good work, he's faithful to bring it to completion. And I love that God doesn't always seem to go in a straight line. And at the same time, my choices in life aren't always perfect, and I choose to do weird things, and God somehow takes all my weird travelings and and he brings it all back together and brings me to where he still wanted me to be. I love that he's sovereign enough that he's outside of time, he's outside of himself needing to change, but he can step in to time. He can step into my problems. He can step in and, and change things and make them come together for good. It's so, I, I love that about God. He's just so good in so many ways. Um, I've got lots in my head and I wanna see where we're going first. You know what, I'm gonna go here first. Um, there's a, there's a, um, a saying, Henry Ford said this. He said, if you always do what you've always done, you always get what you always got. Right? I'll say it again. If you always do what you've always done, you always get what you've always got. And if you know anything about Henry Ford, right, he created the automobile and did all these things. So there's something about we've got to change things up. Henry Ford is saying we can't, we can't just keep doing the same thing and we're going to have the status quo. If we want to advance, if we want to move forward, if we want to progress, we've got to change things up. We've got to try new things. We've got to attempt things, right? I, I, one of my favorite quotes um, when I grew up at uh, Village School in their chapel, uh, they have a quote from William Carey, a famous missionary. And he says, attempt great things for God, expect great things from God. And it's again that what Jen was alluding to, there's a partnership with God. The battle belongs to you, God. At the same time, I've got to do something. I've got to attempt great things. But in my attempts, I'm expecting God to show up. I can't just sit back and say, well, I'm expecting God to do great things and I do nothing. I've got to be willing to go attempt something. And sometimes I'm being honest with you. There's a lot of times I don't attempt things because I feel like other people are way better at it. So why should I try to do that? Because they do a better job. So I feel inadequate and like, why would I? I don't want to attempt it because I know I can't do as good a job as they can. Has anyone else ever had that feeling or emotion or thought? Happens to me all the time. Why would I try to preach that sermon when like T.D. Jakes says it way better, right? In fact, T.D. Jakes, he's, he's kind of quoting Henry Ford, uh, but he says it this way. If you always do what you've always done, you'll always be where you've always been. And the reality is, God doesn't want you to stay where you're at right now. If you always be where you've always been, I know it's bad English. If you always be where you've always been, you're not following God. So don't always do what you've always done. That's a good word right there. Change, that's the, word, that's the word that God had for this morning, is change. God wants to change me. God wants to change you. God, as Jen alluded, God does want to change circumstances, but I don't think he's as interested in changing our circumstances as much as he is about changing the inside of us, changing our character, changing, conforming us into the image of Christ, Right? I don't have it pulled up, but I know there's a scripture where, is it Isaiah or Jeremiah? I forget which prophet it is. But he talks about the potter. He saw the potter working on the clay. Does anyone remember? Better Bible scholar than your pastor. Um, It's one of the prophets, and I didn't look it up, but I don't have it right here. Um, But he says he sees, he went down to the potter's house, right? And he saw the potter. And he saw the clay being put on the potter's wheel, right? 
that's an image of who we are supposed to be. We are supposed to be moldable, pliable, willing to change our shape and form and our function, what we're supposed to do, right? He's the potter. He gets to press and change what he wants to change, and we just have to submit to it. It's something that we don't always like. But at the same time, it doesn't matter if we like it or not. It's our duty. It's our responsibility. I'll I'll quote a really wise woman who grew up telling my four children all the time at the dinner table, you don't have to like it, you just have to eat it. <laughs> all the time, right? Food would be placed in front of them, oh, I don't like this. Right away, Jen would say, you don't have to like it, you just have to eat it. There's something about that in my relationship with God. There's times where I tell God, well, I don't like that. And he's like, I don't care. I didn't ask your opinion. I told you, are you mine? Are you my child? Are you my servant? And you said that I'm your, you said I'm your Lord. Well, then do what I say. I'm your Lord. See, I I know I've I've alluded this lots of times, but it's just so real in my life. So it keeps coming back. I grew up being an introvert. Can I tell you, I'm not the same introvert today that I was all my life. Where did that come? Because God called me to be a pastor in front of people. I argued with him. I'm not the right fit, God. Like, you, you picked the wrong guy. Like, there's people that are better at it. Like, I don't want to attempt doing that because I know I'm not going to be as good as other people. So why would I attempt it and look bad? I don't want to do that. But see, it's my obedience. It's my small steps of saying, all right, I'll attempt this small thing. I'll try it in this wall measure. And as I began to attempt things, I began to attempt it more, attempt it more. I'm not saying I'm a great preacher, but I'm better than I used to be. I'm a little more confident than I used to be. I'm a little bit more trusting in God than I used to be. And I'm not the introvert I used to be. God actually changed my personality. My wife will tell you, our first several years of marriage, she did 90% of the talking. I did 10% of the talking. We were in a car somewhere. She talked most of the time. I said, "Uh uh-huh. Uh huh. Ask my mom growing up. We'd drive to, to school in the morning, just her and I. My sisters are way older than me. So it'd just the two of them. And she's like, Ryan, you need to learn how to have a conversation. Like, I'm asking you questions. You're like, yeah, no. Like, talk. So, like, that's who I was. I don't do a lot of talking. Ask my wife now who does most of the talking. It's not her anymore. That didn't come because God just waved a magical wand over me. It came because he changed who I am. He didn't, he created me in his image. He didn't change that image. But in the calling he had for my life, he had to change some of my personality. He had to change some of my likes and dislikes. He had to change and form me differently than the way I had formed myself. I had my own pattern, my own behaviors. I had my own likes and dislikes. And God said, that's nice, patting me on the head. I'm going to be changing you. And I share all that because it's a testimony that you get to live the same life. You're not all called to be a pastor up front, but God wants to change you. God loves you the way you are, but he loves you enough not to keep you the way you are. He wants to change you. I feel like I've shared a lot of these testimonies all the time, but I'm going to say it again. It was a couple of years ago. It sounds so weird, but I know the voice of my shepherd. In my work truck at AT&T, driving along, I like listening to talk radio. Every blue moon, I'd put on worship music. Just being real with you. Like, I like talk I'm an old man. She used to call me a grandpa all the time because I'd get in the car, talk radio. I just want to listen to talk radio. And there's times where God would say, turn off all the music, just spend time talking to him. I did all those things. I listened to worship music. I did all those things. But there was a time where I know my shepherd's voice. He said, put on country music. And I was like, I don't like country music. He's like, well, I didn't ask you. I'm like, okay. And put on country music. I'm like, yeah, yeah I still don't like country music. <laughs> and he's like, no, keep listening to it. Day after day, I had to listen to country music. I didn't like it. Day after day, I didn't like it. Until after a few weeks, a song came on that I'd heard more than twice and I caught myself singing the chorus. I was like, Oh, no. I know a country song? Kept listening to it. I was like, and then I remember coming home like, guys, you got to hear this song. I like this song. I was like, oh, no, what happened to me? I like country music now. But see, I use that as just a silly, it seems non-spiritual. 
But God was doing something. He's like, Ryan, there's things that you like and don't like that I want to change. You don't get to, qual- you don't get to determine what you like and don't like. I'm the Lord of your life. I get to determine what you like and don't like. I'm like, but wait a second, God. Like, I- I don't I have my own autonomy? Like, don't I have my own ability? He's like, yeah, but I'm still God, so I can do whatever I want. I'm like, okay. So I'm just being real with you. There are some of you that you have likes and preferences, and there are some things that God might say, that's fine, you can have that preference. But I'm being real and honest with you. God is saying this morning, he's not just picking on me anymore. He's going to pick on some of you. There's some things that you have preferences that God's going to say, too bad. And I want to be careful. I want to be sensitive at the same time. I don't want to tickle your ears and be nice to you all the time. I think most of the time I try to be nice, so maybe I just need to not be so nice often, right? God's not always nice to me. I don't know how else to say it. There's times, there are times, thank God, his kindness leads me towards repentance. It's his kindness, his gentleness, his goodness towards me that causes me to change. And I prefer that. God, that's the way I, that's my preferred method. Every time you want me to change, just be kind to me, right? That's not how he always changes me. Sometimes, I'm being honest with you, I've actually, not really offended, but I I definitely stroke a nerve with someone at church here because they remind me all the time. They're like, I can't imagine God ever doing that to me. But I've shared it. There are times that God, I almost feel it, but it's not physical. He slaps me. Like, I'll be saying something, all of a sudden, wham! I'm like, oh, whoa. And like, it's the fear of God. It's not the kindness of God. It's the fear of God that leads me towards repentance. I prefer the kindness but there's times where he knows better that he's been kind to me and gentle over and over again and I'm not changing. So he says, all right, I'm gonna step in here and now it's gonna be the firm hand of God that's causing you, I tell it to my kids. In scripture, I, I preached it. There's a five-fold ministry, right? Apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher. But I tell my kids, you don't want the five-fold ministry of dad coming. <laughs> right? The fivefold. There's times where God uses that fivefold hand of ministry on Ryan. And I prefer the kindness, but he knows better where there's times where he disciplines those whom he loves. And it's a slap. It stings, and I don't like it. I'm being honest with you this morning. There's things in your life that need to change. Every single person in this room, there's something in your life that needs to change. This could be a heavy sermon. This could be a, a, a time where we end where it's like brokenness, repentance, you come kneeling at the altar. But I'm being honest with you, that might happen. But what I sense more is, is a little bit different. I, I kind of alluded to it on Wednesday night, this last Wednesday night. God wants to have us repent with his kindness. He wants to bring the fear of God that brings repentance. He, he uses different ways and different means of doing things. And I guess... I'll connect it to this. We're talking about the kids up at camp. I know part of why God wants me to bring this word change because there's something, I can't even tell you all the details. I really don't have it like visually all, but there's something that's supposed to change in our DNA as a whole church based off of this last camp and what the kids are bringing back. And I can't even tell you what it is to prep you for it. I just know there's something that's supposed to change. It's kind of like, anybody see the, the, the Jesus Revolution, the movie? Who here lived during the Jesus Revolution? I, I wasn't alive yet, right? But there was something about in that story, in that history, right? The church had to change. There were hippies that were coming to Christ that were barefoot and dirty and, and doing things they shouldn't be doing, but they had to be brought into the church. And the, not only did they need to repent from taking drugs and all things, the church itself needed to change. And I'm saying there's something about us that it's not, can I be honest with you? There's some of you that you think your spouse has to change. And there's probably things about your spouse that needs to change. But God's saying this morning, it's not about them. He's putting his finger on you. You need to change. It's easy to say spouses. There's some of you, maybe it's a relationship with your mom or dad. Maybe it's a coworker. It's relationship. There's someone in this room, and it's probably all of us, that we have relationships with people and we're like, I wish they would change. And God is saying this morning, stop worrying about them changing. Start looking in here. God wants to change you and the way you treat them, the way you think about them, the way you pray for them. 
See, God, he's powerful enough. He could wave a wand and change that other person and change the whole circumstance. But he's not as interested in doing that as he is in changing you. He wants to change you. Hmm. So I'm saying about these kids, I, I, I really don't know. But something's supposed to change. Uh, I, I'll just be honest with you. It, it, I liked, okay, I'll say this and I'll go back to what I'm about to say. I liked that this morning there wasn't a key, there wasn't keys and drums and a bass. In general, I prefer more instruments. I like it loud. That's the way I like it. But I liked it this morning that it was different. I won't say that yet. So about 10 years ago, I don't remember exactly. I know it was early on in me becoming the pastor of this church. So I became the church pastor about 10 years ago. Mark Coppersmith, he was here last year. Many of you know him. If you've been here for a while, you know who Mark Coppersmith is. And he's been a friend of this church for decades. Um, and so when I was the new pastor, he came in and, and I had him just kind of talk to us as a congregation. And, and, he, and I was sitting right there in the front pew and he asked, all right, before he opened his message, he said, who here likes change? And I'm sitting in the front pew and I just raised my hand like, yeah, I like change. And, and he laughed. I'm like, why is he laughing? And I turned around, I'm the only one raising my hand. <laughs> he's like, yeah, he's like, he's laughing at me because he's like, I, no one ever raises their hand, Ryan. He's like, I normally ask who likes change. And everyone's like, no, I don't like change. Like we're creatures of habit. We like what we like. And I don't want someone changing that. And I'm being honest with you. Like, I didn't even think about it. I just raised my hand. Yeah, I like changing things up. There are parts of me that doesn't like change. I get it. Like, I, there's things that you ask my wife, like, I, I'm particular. All my shirts in my closet, I'll face one way. How can you have a shirt not face the same way? I don't understand that. So if you change that in my closet, that's going to bother me, right? There's things that, like, I don't like you to change that. I, I, I got my way. So I get it. I know, what it's like, I know what it's like not to, like, change. At the same time, I, I, I fault my mom for a lot of things. I... My mom, she kind of likes change. She, she gave freedom growing up that when she would leave the house to the go, go to the grocery store, my sisters and I, we could rearrange and change the whole house. We could change the way the couches were faced and put the TV on a different wall. We could change everything up. And when mom would walk in the door, she's like, oh, how fun. <laughs> and she thought it was really fun. That's how I grew up. So for me, like change is like, change is fun. Like, change is like, let's change things up. Like, I don't want to get stuck in a rut. Let's change things up. So there's part of me that really likes change, but I think most of us don't like change. And it's not easy. But maybe we should look at some scripture. Let's do that. Where this all came from was from Psalm 55, 19. So I'll have the verse, I think, in the back. Yeah, you can find it in your Bible too. But this is part B, so it's not the whole verse. But I, this is the part that I really want to read. It says, because they do not change, therefore they do not fear God. And different translations have a different way. This is New King James. In other words, because you're not willing to change, you don't have an honest fear of God. I'm pointing it here. So hopefully this message is not just me pointing at you, but hopefully the Holy Spirit's pointing at you and me. Where I'm not willing to change, I don't fear God. And you guys know Proverbs, right? What's the beginning of wisdom? The fear of the Lord. So in other words, if you're not willing to change, you are a fool. That's a harsh way of saying it, but it's biblical and it's true. If you're unwilling to yield to the Lord, you are a fool. If you're not willing to change, if you're saying this area is not touchable by you, God, then you are a fool in that area. And the Lord just, in his gracious way, is bringing it up this morning because he wants it to go well with you. He wants your life to be enjoyable. You think it's enjoyable to not change. And God is saying, actually, you could have a much better life if you're willing to change. See, I, I enjoy that people are sitting on the front pew and people change positions. And this is where I, I didn't say it earlier. I said, maybe I'm not going to say it, but I will say it now. Early on, I think it was in the first year of me being the pastor, I had everyone stand up in the middle of my sermon and everyone that was on this side, I said, move to this side. And everyone that's on this side, move to this side. And for a lot of you, they just kind of was kind of fun and they moved over. There were some of them, I'm just being honest with you, there were some, like 10 years ago, there were some people that were looking at me and they were, am I allowed to say P-O-T-O? They, they were not happy, I'll use that one. 
they were not happy and they were making it known as they glared at me and 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 they did they moved over because they would feel shame if they were the only ones that didn't move right everyone's like they would like what's wrong with you you're not moving so instead of not being getting looks from everyone else they were giving me the looks so i want to i, I want to be a good pastor i want to be a good shepherd where i care for the sheep but i don't want to be so much that i care about you that i don't care about as much as what god is saying does that make sense so I care about you enjoying coming to church and being comfortable at church. I want you to enjoy being here and feeling a sense of comfort and belonging. I want all those things. At the same time, if you come to church and you never feel the finger of God pressing on your life that something needs to change, that you need to repent, then I'm not a good pastor. I don't know if I'll say it right. I remember, I think it was when I was still the youth pastor. I remember hearing Dennis Prager, that's like talk radio, right? He's not even a born-again Christian, but he shared. He said, you know what? You rabbis, you priests, you pastors. He says, let me tell you, if everyone in the congregation agrees with you all the time, you're a bad pastor. If everyone in the congregation disagrees with you all the time, you're a bad pastor. He goes, a good pastor knows how to get the people to agree with him and then find times where he's not willing to budge even when all the people disagree with you. And that's actually biblical. Read David. There's times where the nation did not want to do what David decided to do. Moses. I mean, go through all these leaders. There's times where they had to do something different and change and people didn't want it. And they said, but I'm not going to listen to you. I'm going to do what God says. There's times my wife and I shall tell you. There's times in early on in our marriage where I'm like, I've used this before an example, so I know she won't be mad. In that courtyard right there, I came to her and I said, I said these words. I know you're not going to like my decision, but I'm making it anyways. <laughs> and she was not happy. She wasn't happy in the moment. But she'll tell you now, she's so glad she has a, a husband who fears God more than her. It makes her feel more at peace knowing that I'm a, I'm a man that will not just make every decision to make her happy. Yes, most of the time I want to make my wife happy, but there's times where I'm like, it's not about making my wife happy. I'm going to do this. This is what God wants, or this is what I feel like God is wanting me to do, and I'm going to have to live with the repercussions. Maybe I'm wrong, maybe I'm not, but I'm going to be man enough to say, this is what we're doing, and my wife doesn't like me for it. Does that make sense? Like, I'm willing to change the status quo and say, I, I live to make my wife happy. Like, there is truth to the statement, happy life, happy life, right? There's truth to that. But if that's, how I, if that's the principle, then that's not a happy life. If that's how I make every decision, that's not a happy life. So there's times where I've got to change my priorities. I've got to change the reason why I do something. There's got to be changing what I'm doing, right? I've got to be willing to change things. Hmm. All right, let's look at some more scripture. Malachi 3.6 says this, For I am the Lord, I do not change. I love that. God is saying, I am perfect. There's nothing about me that can improve. I can't get any better. So I can't change. I'm, ex I'm perfectly holy. I'm perfectly beautiful. I'm perfectly everything that he is. So he can't improve, so he can't change. At the same time, he's perfect, so he can't make a mistake. So he can't change what he's already doing because he's perfect. Does that make sense? Like, he's perfect. He will not change. So there's times where I want God to change his idea. And he's like, I'm not changing. You're going to have to change, Ryan. I don't change. You're the one that has to change. It's important to read these scriptures, right? Hebrews 13, 8, that's on top of chapels. I see it all the time, right? Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit does not change. They are who they are. I am who I am I will be who I will be. I have always been who I have always been, right? He does not change. There's no shadow of turning with him. But he says this. There's lots of verses, but I'll hit this one. Um, actually, I'm going to read it in the Passion Translation. Romans 12, 1 through 2, which I've memorized. New King James, I think, in NIV. I've memorized it lots of different ways. But I don't have it memorized in this translation. It says this, Beloved friends, what should be our proper response to God's marvelous mercies? To surrender yourselves to God to be his sacred living sacrifices. 
and live in holiness, experiencing all that delights his heart. For this becomes your genuine expression of worship. Stop imitating the ideals and opinions of the culture around you, but be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through a total reformation of how you think. This will empower you to discern God's will as you live a beautiful life, satisfying and perfect in his eyes. Oh man, I could just, we could spend the next hour breaking apart each line and just talking about all these things. He wants you to live a beautiful and satisfying life. And he's saying the way you're currently living, it won't be as beautiful and satisfying as he designed your life to be. There's something that needs to change. God knew that my life would be more enjoyable being a pastor than being a technician at AT AT&T. I didn't think that was a good idea. I didn't want to do that. I've shared with you so many times that when I met with a board and I, I said, I feel like I'm interviewing for a job I don't want. I said that. Who says that in an interview process? Because I was just being real. Like, I don't want this job. But as they asked me questions, I heard things come out of my mouth. I'm like, why did I just say that? Because the Holy Spirit was empowering me. I'm like, it's like one of those things where I know, I don't know, side tangent, really quick. I'll come right back and get myself in real hot water here real quick too. I don't know what your theology doctrine is about demon possession, but I've, I've seen people that are demon possessed. Like they are possessed, their voice changes, like they are altogether different and the demon is manifesting and saying things. And I'm like, wow, that is a possession by a demon. I don't believe the Holy Spirit does the same thing to us. When I speak in tongues, it's not that I'm possessed and I have no control of my body and, and a heavenly language comes out that I have no control of. That's not how I get possessed by the Holy Spirit. But I'm being honest with you. That's kind of like, I know I opened up Pandora's box and that can be scary for a second and I'm just gonna leave it and we're not gonna talk about it anymore. So, um, <laughs> but in that moment in the interview process, there were things that were coming out of my mouth that in a sense, I was possessed. In a sense, I said things like, why am I saying that? I didn't want to say that and it was coming out of my mouth because the Holy Spirit knew my life would be more satisfying. This church would be in a better place if I became the pastor. I'm not saying that arrogantly. I'm saying that confidently and trusting who God is. He knows what is best even when I completely disagree with him. So there's things that God wants to change your life and it's not because he's mean. It's not because he's this authoritative, mean God that wants to take away things from you. It's like, no, I know it will make your life beautiful and satisfying. And it's if you let go of that and you let me have it and I put this in your life instead. It's if you turn off the talk radio and listen to country music, you're gonna have a better life listening to country music, right? (laughs) It just might be that. It might be that you turn off the TV for a whole week and don't watch TV for a whole week. How can that be a more enjoyable life? And God is saying, actually, you'll find better things to do with your time. And I'm not saying you shouldn't ever watch TV. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just trying to give you things in your life that are practical. God wants to change things the way you spend time. He wants to change your attitude. He wants to change your your likes and your dislikes. Like I keep bringing up the country music. There are things that God wants to change. Like, can I just, there's things that we say, I don't like that. And I feel like there's someone in this room, you're not allowed to say that anymore. I don't know what, if it's country music, I'm not gonna say I don't like country music because it would be a lie. At this point, it's weird for me to say. It really, it rubs, it still rubs me wrong to say this right now, but it is the truth. I like country music. (sighs) Okay, I said it, right? But it is the truth. Kind of 100%, I don't like all country music. I'm just being honest with you. But there's things about you that you just say this. This is, it's just my personality. I don't like that. And God is saying, today, you don't get to say it any longer. Your personality is not set in stone. Your likes and dislikes, I can change that if you submit to me, right? If you make your life a sacrifice as an act of worship, as Romans 12 says, are you willing to worship God, not just in singing songs on Sunday morning, are you willing to worship God with a sacrifice of praise? I, I don't want to preach the whole thing, but I used to sing that song in the church growing up as a kid. We bring the sacrifice of praise into the house of the Lord. And I thought it was a fun song to sing and raise my hands to. Are you really willing, like 
Abraham to bring your only son and sacrifice him on the altar as an act of worship to God? Like, are you willing to bring the sacrifice of praise into the house of the Lord? Saying, God, my entire life, everything I like and dislike, I will put on the altar and you get to kill whatever you want to kill. All my likes and where I spend time, you can take away all, all the things that currently bring me pleasure. I'm willing to kill them right now and take on new desires that currently don't bring me any pleasure, but I'll bring them into my life. See, I, I could talk about Abram. I could talk about Moses. Talk about my identity changed. Moses' identity changed. When God showed up in the pillar, right, not the pillar, but the, the, the burning bush, Moses said like every other person that get, got picked by God, I, 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 I have a stutter, such a stuttering problem. You, you, you picked the wrong person. But that same Moses is the same Moses that later on is hitting a rock and water's coming out. Is the same Moses that's standing toe-to-toe to Pharaoh and is saying, let my people go. It's a different attitude. Peter, right? Peter, this guy that's saying, Jesus, depart from me. I'm a sinful man. Like, you picked the wrong guy. Like, like I got tattoos. I did drugs. I did all this thing in my past. Like, I'm not the right guy to be a disciple. You picked the wrong guy, Jesus. And Jesus is like, no, I picked you. In fact, I didn't pick you. You're actually going to be the rock, and I'm going to build my church on you. You're going to be the head of my church. It's like, what are you talking about? God is saying to some of you this morning, there's things that the way you view yourself, I can go down Gideon, every single person that gets picked by God in the Bible, it's like, you picked the wrong person. And God's saying, yeah, but I'm going to change you. I'm changing you. I see something in you that you don't see. And if you just submit to me, I will change your likes. I'll change your abilities. I'll change your strengths. I'll change everything about you so that you can do what I've called you to do. And it's actually going to be a more enjoyable life. It's going to require some sacrifice. It's going to require some obedience. It's going to require some pain on your part in the beginning, but I promise you it will be better in the long run. Change needs to happen. And I'm just, that's a more serious spiritual thing. I just want to get practical. I probably shouldn't have said this because I haven't had a board meeting. I haven't talked to a lot of leaders about this, but I'm going to change some things on this stage. And some of you say, why? Because the pastor feels like changing things on the stage. So I'm going to be honest with you. There is an opportunity for someone to be offended. I may take down all the bricks that have been here for 50 years. And I'm just being honest with you. 50 years ago, 50 years ago, there would have been people that really would have been very mad, stopped tithing and left the church. I'm just being honest with you. That's, there were people in the church. I don't feel that way. I, I'm just being honest with you. I feel like we're a pretty healthy church. I feel like I can make changes and you guys aren't going to be mad at me. I feel like I'm in that place. So I'm, I'm giving you praise, but I'm also warning you, there are things that are going to change that might rub you a little bit the wrong way. And you're going to have to not be just submitted to the pastor. I, this is not an ego trip. Like you just have to do whatever the pastor says. No, it's just kind of like, why am I listening to country music? I don't know, but just listen to it for a while. There's some things that might change. I'm saying that cosmetically, but I'm saying in our services, right? Daniel is the only one playing a musical instrument. We might call a Sunday audible where there's no musical instruments and we do a cappella all Sunday long. There might be a Sunday and don't say amen too loud if you're really behind this. There might be a Sunday we sing nothing but hymns. Yes, I knew it was coming. I knew it was coming. And there might be a Sunday we sing one song for an hour and a half over and over and over. Yes, there's a woo right here. And at some point, can I say it this way? I hope you all get in the same boat I've been living in for the last 10 years of being the pastor. I hope we all get offended. That we all have to go through something we don't like and learn to submit to God and say, you know what? I'm just gonna do it even though I don't like it. And I'm gonna learn to like broccoli even though my mom puts it in front of me every day and I keep telling her I don't like it. But my kids to this day, all my kids like broccoli now. We were up at camp. It was fun to watch all these kids getting camp food and everyone else leaving the broccoli on their plate. My four kids, they ate all their broccoli. Where'd that come from? From a mom saying, I don't care if you like it, just eat it. And now they have an appetite for broccoli. 
There's things that God's gonna change in our worship services that you're like, well, I, that's not my preference. Oh, well. There might be, I'm just being honest with you, we were outside at camp. We did some prayer and almost every session there were kids and I'm not looking for, I really am not looking for affirmation right here. I'm being honest with you. There were sessions where every time there was someone getting slain in the spirit. Someone's getting filled with the Holy Spirit. Someone was speaking in tongues. There was almost every session, there was things that were not planned that happened. That might happen here. I'm not saying I'm gonna force that to happen. Every Sunday, we're gonna make people be slain in the spirit. We're gonna, I'm not forcing anything. I'm not making anything happen, but I'm just letting you know, things might change. And your pastor, you're stuck with a pastor that raises his hand. I like change. But I have a feeling, I'm just gonna say this. I have a feeling that I'm gonna ask that question down the road, who here likes change? I'm just gonna be honest with you, I'm not gonna be the only one raising my hand anymore. Because each one of us has tasted and seen that when I submit and God changes it, oh man, it's so good. It's so good. So I, I like when God changes things. I like it when he changes things up because he's doing something. It's not man forcing something, it's God changing it up. Hmm. I had some more verses. Let's see if I want to get to those or not. Oh, you're stuck. I always have movie quotes and songs that come to my mind. Good thing I won't sing all these for you, but when I was preparing this message, anyone know the song from the, I wasn't born in the 70s. I'm, I'm so young. I wasn't born in the 70s. I'm way after that, way after the 70s. Um, yeah, way after. Anyone know this song? Cha-cha-change. Someone knows that song, right? VBS, Daniel, help me remember. I don't know how many, it was a couple years ago. There's a whole lot of change coming your way. Like it or not, things are gonna change. Nothing stays the same. Well, I don't know, I'm changing the words because I don't know very well. But, right? Changing the words, I'm changing the words. I like it, prophetic. Um, there's a whole lot of change coming your way. Here's one that... I've spent time with tears flowing down my, change my heart, oh God, make it ever true. Change my heart, oh God, may I be like you. You are the potter, I'm the clay. Mold me and make me, this is what I pray. I can't tell you how many times I've sung that song. Right now, I'm getting tears in my eyes. Can I not be arrogant for a moment, but be confident in this? I mean, this is, again, changing my personality because I don't like saying things like this. I'm a good leader at bringing change into this church. I know that sounds arrogant, but I promise you it's in submission to God to say that. Wow, that was way more profound than I realized. Oh, man, I'm sorry. Because I have changed and I will change the way I talk about myself. I've said from this pulpit way too many times, I'm not a natural born leader. That's not the truth. God birthed me to be a leader. And he created me to help bring healthy change. And this is not all about me. I hope you hear it. It's a testimony. I'm, I'm, man, God's making me say this too. (laughs) Paul said it. I'm compelling you in this area, not in every area of my life, but in this area. Follow me as I follow Christ. Be willing to change. And it started with that song, I'm telling you, because it stirred up a lot of emotions. Since a kid, I've sung that song, Change My Heart, Oh God. I've sung that when my heart was deceitfully wicked, and I knew it, and I was craving things I knew were not godly. And I just said, God, please change my heart. 
creating me a clean heart, O God, filled with clean thoughts and right desires. Psalm 51, take not your Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of your salvation. Man, I pray that prayer so often. And not that I ever need to stop praying it, but I'm telling you, God, make me say it. He has changed my heart. He has changed my desires. Man, I had no idea that was coming. And I'm saying, as a shepherd, I want to lead you into green pastures, into still waters, where change seems like nothing but just, ah, it means I'm going through a valley, a shadow of death. No, I'm telling you, change, it's going to be that. Are you willing to follow him through something difficult? But I promise you, it's, it's leading to a place that's good. I can testify in my own life. Not that I've, man, I've arrived. I'm only not even hit mid-age, I'm saying. I've got a lot of life to live still. But I have gone through enough life where I've gone through the sacrifice of praise, where I just kept laying down my life. God, I, mm, I don't want to do this, but I'll lay it down. And I've done it enough times where I can tell you the honest God truth. It's worth it. It's worth it. It's not always easy. It's not always roses. It is hard. Man, narrow is the road that leads to life. It's difficult, but it's so worth it. All right, how am I landing this plane? <laughs> I'll start with what I think is an easier one. If this, like the message as a whole, if it's resonating with you and you agree that something in you needs to change, something in this church needs to change, and you're, you're saying all the promises are yes and amen, and you're saying with pastor yes and amen, would you just stand with me so I know that you're hearing what I'm saying this morning? You, you agree with me? Something needs to change. All right. And maybe for some of you, it's... Thank you for standing because that does encourage me. Uh, I just want to give the opportunity... If someone in the room, like, God changed this whole message and changed everything I was going to say, I'm telling you, <laughs> he changed the message. There's an opportunity that it was for someone in this room beyond just all of us agreeing with something that in general God's doing, that God's just been putting his finger and things I'm saying, like you feel the Holy Spirit speaking to you specifically, and there's something that needs to change in your life. I, man, I'm just going to be bold. If there's someone in this room that, you don't have a healthy relationship with God. Like either you have no relationship with him or it is like completely broken and unhealthy. But God has brought you here this morning to change that. To give you an opportunity to repent, which means to change. You're, you're walking one way and you turn the other way. He's just giving you an opportunity to change. And I'm just gonna give you an opportunity to be bold. If that's you, would you raise your hand? You wanna give your life to Christ. And you're bold enough to say, that's me. Praise God. Anybody else? All right. Next one. Maybe it's not coming to Christ for the first time, but there's an area of your life that you're following God, but there's something that you know this needs to change. An attitude, the way you treat someone, the way you spend time. I could keep going down and listen to things, but Holy Spirit's already touched your heart. Something needs to change. Would you raise your hand? There's something specific, God? Okay. Praise God. So I'm just going to pray over us. Holy Spirit, I just thank you that it's always good to follow your lead. And we just, we submit ourselves under the mighty hand of God. And saying that we willingly put ourselves, God, we are not going to go with you dragging us, we willingly today, we put ourselves on the potter's wheel. And we say, here's my heart, God. Pound it, bruise it, do whatever you gotta do to soften my heart to make it pliable. God, where there's, where there's a hardness of heart, I'm willing to submit to your authority, to your kindness, but also to your discipline. 
I want to exchange my cold-hearted, pride, arrogant, selfish heart for a heart of flesh that's soft and pliable. That today is me taking a step forward in becoming who you've called me to be. I'm willing to change my identity, my personality, my likes, everything, God, it's all. I'm willing to change it all. But God, it's not just an all thing. I'm willing to take this one thing and walk it out, to be a doer of your word. I've heard your word this morning, and I'm not. God, I, I declare, I make a commitment. I'm not just a hearer of the word. I'm a doer of the word. I will do what you put your finger on this morning. I will be who you've called me to be. I will say what you say I'm supposed to say. God, I'm gonna be different. I'm gonna change. I'm gonna go places I've never gone because I'm not always gonna do what I've always done. I submit to you. And so Holy Spirit, I trust you. Holy Spirit, I trust you to conform me into the image of Christ. To to cause me to grow from glory to glory. That God, I'm not stagnant. Because I'm willing to change, I'm gonna grow. I'm gonna mature. I'm gonna go higher. I'm gonna become more like you. I'm excited, God. I'm not just fearful of the change. God, I am excited. I am hope-filled of what you are gonna do in my life. I am joyfully expecting good things to come because I'm obeying you in this change. You give me beauty for ashes. The oil of gladness for mourning. A garment of praise for a spirit of heaviness. So I will change my attitude of mourning. I will change my attitude of of heaviness and I will put on a garment of prayer. I choose to do it. I will change my disposition. I will change my song. I will change the way I do things, God. And may you be glorified and worshiped in my obedience, in my heart changing towards you, God. So God, we commit our personal lives, but we commit Osborne Neighborhood Church into your hands. We are yours. We declare and say, yes, we are a new wineskin where you can pour out new wine. We will not burst at the seams. We will not crack. God, we will be able to contain the blessing and be a blessing. So we welcome you, Holy Spirit, to have your way. In Jesus' mighty name, amen, amen. Would you sing this last song with us? What are we singing? Lord, I believe I still believe you're speaking. God, I believe you're working. All things for good. And I fix my eyes on God, I receive your vision. God, I believe your work. All things for good. I still still believe your moving. I still believe your speaking. God, I believe your working. All things for good. I fix my
everything at the feet of Jesus. Everything by the name of Jesus. Jesus in your name, you change everything. Jesus, you change everything by your power, by your spirit, Lord. Come alive in you, Jesus. as we were worshiping, um, Aubrey came to me and uh, Pastor Ryan, it was hard for him to say as Paul, follow me as I follow Christ. And um, so Aubrey had shared that um, as a church, if that's you, then there's an opportunity for us to respond and say, I will follow you as you follow Christ. So I'm going to have you say it one more time. And after you say it, if that's you, say it. If it's not, don't. And you can just pray that God will work on whatever he needs to work on. So declare it if it's true. And if it's not, I would just encourage you don't. And then that's what we're going to do. So they're saying, I will follow you as you follow Christ? You're going to say, I'm follow saying, me he, as I follow Christ. And we will say, I will follow you as you follow Christ. All right, here we go. Follow me as I follow Christ. I will follow you as you follow Christ. Amen. 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 Thank you, guys. I love you guys. I'm so glad I get to be a pastor of this church and be a part of your family. Thank you for being here. Enjoy the rest of your Sunday. Be blessed. And the youth will be coming back in a few hours. I'm looking forward to that. So may the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep, uh, keep you. May the Lord cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you and give you peace. Amen. Amen. Amen.